Welcome to the Market Beautifully Podcast, a show where I offer marketing advice for lady entrepreneurs who crave to crack the code when it comes to getting noticed or expanding their brand online. I'm your host, Haley, and I can't wait to chat with you about what I have planned for today's episode. Welcome back to the show. I hope you are having a fantastic day today and that you are seeing wins in your business this week. If you have been following along on Instagram stories or watching my Instagram lives, then you know I am in the middle of a rebrand for Market Beautifully which has been a little scary because to be honest, I am a major control freak. Market Beautifully has always been a brand that has been designed by me, but I know that if I hired someone to take my brand to the next level visually, I would see that return, so I just went for it. And I have been keeping my Insta babes updated throughout the process, so if you are not following at Market Beautifully on Instagram, then hop on over there because I show a ton of behind the scenes of not only this podcast, but my brand as a whole, including this rebrand. We have a lot of fun over there. Anyways, along with the new logo and branding, I'm considering redoing my website as well to update it with my brand. Now, I'm going to be doing the website myself because that is my area of specialty. Since I majored in web design in college, I started a freelance web design business years ago before Market Beautifully was even a thing. So I am really excited to get all of that wrapped up and showcase it to the world. At the time this episode goes live, I believe I will still be in construction mode for this brand. So stay tuned. Go follow on Instagram if you want to help me choose the colors, and you can get a vote in all of that. Okay, now to the actual episode. Brittany Maddox from BrittanyMaddox.com is on. She is a wildly popular fashion blogger who has some incredible tips on how to make money from blogging, which is a question I get asked a lot. So I have been following her since the days of my fashion blogging, so that was about five years ago. So it was awesome to bring her on and have her share her strategies with us. So let's go chat with her together. Hey, Brittany, welcome to the show. Hi. So glad you're here. So I I just want to know, I've been following your brand for years now. Obviously, you know that for, I mean, about four years or so. It's been a while. And I'm so grateful that now I've been able to help with some of the marketing behind the scenes. And I'm really excited to dive in to how you've become such a successful fashion blogger in this industry. So would you mind telling us your story and take us back to the very beginning of when you started your fashion blog? Sure. Okay. Thank you for all those sweet comments. (laughs) Um, I used to, I graduated college and I opened a boutique. And I had that open for about a year and then my husband and I were going to move. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to sell it off. And that's what we did. So I sold it off, but I still wanted to keep my toes like in the fashion industry and stuff like that. So it took me about a year after selling the store that I was like, well, I'm going to start blogging. Like I've, I kind of saw people were starting to do something and it caught my interest. And I was like, well, I can do that. We travel a lot. I can still do it. So that's kind of where the blog evolved. And I've been doing fashion from the get go. It didn't evolve like with something else. It's always been fashion. But now having the kids, um, I do a little more lifestyle, but I still try to stick to fashion. So that's awesome. I did not know you started a boutique. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. It was really busy. Um, We were just traveling a lot. So I was like, I need something that's a little more flexible. Right, right. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. So I I love that story. I love that. So whenever you started with your blog, you decided to just go in like head first or did you kind of like tip your toes in the water? I really had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) No, the one thing I did do was I had someone design my website Mm -hmm. or my blog. I wasn't good at that kind of stuff myself. I'm still not. 
you helped me. <laughs> yes, I did. But um, I had someone do that, but I really didn't know what I was doing. I kind of just looked at what people were doing and said, okay, I can do something like that, but just with my style and my mm-hmm. fashion. Mm-hmm. But I had like no idea. And I feel like people are always like, how do I start a blog? How do I do this? And a lot, you can get advice more nowadays. Right. Like it's open, but a lot is just learning. Like I'm still mm-hmm. learning. So it's just experience. Right. Just going in, out and doing it and not overthinking yeah. everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like I see a lot of people that are overthinking all these little decisions. Like, and they don't start a blog because they don't know what colors they want to use or something. And I'm like, you can change your colors. Just go do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The one thing I would say with starting my blog, I would try to take pictures myself or have mm-hmm. my sister or my husband, just because you're starting out, you don't have like the biggest budget or you don't right. even know oh, I could easily go take these pictures. And that would be like my one regret or my one piece of advice for someone starting is to start with professional pictures. If you know you want to start a blog, just save up some money, like save up a reserve and spend it on designing your website if you're not good at that kind of stuff and to pay a photographer because right off the bat, that's going to help you. Okay. So That's good to know. That's, that's one really good to know. I wish I would have started with a professional photographer, but you live and you learn. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. Is there any way that you could find maybe a photographer that wasn't as expensive in your area? Like, do you have any tips for that? Well, luckily we're in Utah. So actually the prices here are not that crazy, but I mean, I would just say there's a lot of photographers that are starting out too. And people get confused with the photographer business, like or photography business, like, Oh, it's oversaturated. It's, there's a lot, but there's a lot that do different things. Right. So you could definitely find photographers that are starting out that they want to start like shooting bloggers or just shooting in general, get their mm-hmm. name out there mm-hmm. and try to network with them. That would be what, like, I see a lot of my friends do that. And that's the best piece of advice I would have. Right. Um, and I, like I said, just like, pay, I mean, just save up and tr- like, it takes money to make money, obviously. Mm-hmm. So save mm-hmm. up, spend it wisely. And I feel like that would be a wise expense. Yes. Okay. That's fantastic advice. Okay. So there are a lot of bloggers out there that have fantastic content, but they don't know how to actually monetize that content. And so like they know what they're going to blog about. They know their target audience. They have blog posts up, but they're like, okay, how do I start making money? So what are the main ways that you make money specifically from your blog? Okay, it's funny you ask that because a lot of, like, the blogger community has been talking about this lately. There's obviously, like, two main ways, which is, Mm -hmm. one, um, commissions and two, sponsorships. And I think there's always bloggers that do one or the other, mostly. And I do more commissions. So I feel like the best way that I monetize is through commissions, and Mm -hmm. I use an app and a agency, which is Reward Style. I know, like, a lot of people are familiar with that. Right. And... What's helped me the most, and it's helped me the past, I would say, year, just, like, buckling down, is just being consistent. I'm consistent. Like, I try to post four times a day, which is a lot, and people are like, oh, my gosh, that's a lot. But with the new Instagram algorithm, mm-hmm. people are seeing every four posts. They might just see one out of the day. Right. And that's really helped my commission so much. So being consistent. And if I'm inconsistent, if I post maybe two times a day or if I miss a day, I feel it. Like I can tell, I feel it. I feel it in my sales. So that helps me the most. And I do have some people say like four times a day, that's just like blasting people. But like I said, they're not seeing every four Mm. posts or you see it later, like the next day or something weird. Right. 
there's also sponsorships that you can do. And a lot of people, like, they enjoy the sponsorships. And I do some here and there. I just don't do as many. So yeah. but I would say my biggest thing to monetize would be consistency and finding your niche. Do you want to do more sponsorships or do you want to post um, stuff like this shirt? I love this shirt and right. it's my style, so I'm going to promote that. Right. So. Yeah, well, I watch your Instagram stories all the time, and I don't even see your Instagram post. You know, like, whenever you, you're watching other people's Instagram stories, Instagram will put their post in your feed. I don't know yeah. that you post four times a day because I don't get blasted by you, and I'm in my feed. So, yeah, that's a really good point to make is you may feel like you're blasting people, but you're really not because the Instagram algorithm basically hates business owners. So, <laughs> You know what's helped me? Now that you say stories, because I know you and I were talking about this about a month ago before yeah. the Northam sale started. Yes. It's like a miracle. But <laughs> I'm now, because I have a business profile and I've mm -hmm. had it for a while, but they made all of them where you can swipe up. That has like been a game changer. I all probably get like, oh, well, I think a lot of the business, you have to have at least like 10,000 followers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I haven't reached that yet. I am 800 away from 10,000 followers. So yeah. I'm like, so excited for it. <laughs> No, literally, because at first I was like, oh, how many people actually swipe up? Like, I'm just going to start trying this. Yeah. And so I tried it during the Nordstrom sale, which is huge for people that do, like, commissions like right, us. Right, right. It has been a game changer. I would say, like, when I go to track a lot of my sales, a lot of them are from the swipe up. Wow. So, I, yeah. And so that really helps. So if you guys have that tool, I would definitely utilize. And I went to Nordstrom yesterday, and there was a couple shoes I liked, but they were all out of stock because of sizes, and they're, like, mm -hmm, reaching. Mm -hmm. But I still took a picture of them, and I'll still link them on my stories because mm -hmm. they're available online. And so I took a picture, and it's so easy. You could just link them, and people will swipe up. That's awesome. So, yeah. That's, such so, an, that's so amazing. Well, yeah, I, I remember we were texting about it. You're like, I don't know how to do this. And then, like, 30 seconds later, I looked at your Instagram stories, and you're like, swipe up. And I was like, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> they, like, changed it that day. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Whenever I get to 10,000, I may be texting you. I'm like, okay, Brittany, how do I do this? <laughs> yeah, what's the best? It's really, I love it. I okay. Love well, that's great. Okay, so you make money specifically from affiliate marketing, so getting commissions from products that you're already using that you already love. Yes. Okay, so have you worked with brands in the past? Like, do you have any yes. advice on that? And I still work with brands. I yeah. do. I just don't do it as often. It's not my main source of income with blogging. Right. Um, my advice on working with brands, obviously when you're starting out, you kind of want to get your foot in the door. So you're a little more open to a lot more. So I would say do that and then feel out what you like. So when I started out, I got a lot of skincare and beauty stuff, mm -hmm. which is fun. But then I realized I'm like, I keep promoting like a different skincare line, like every two weeks. Like, right. You know, just kind of like, I'm like, oh, I don't know. And so you have to start out and find what you like. But I have friends that promote skincare and they do great at it. Right. Um, but like working with brands, definitely build a relationship. So now where I'm at, I try to build long-term relationships. Okay. Like just, okay, we're going to work on this project. Let's work mm -hmm. on a fall project. Let's work on a um, Christmas project or something like that. Like with the kids, I work with Pottery Barn Kids a lot. And we usually will schedule it out like, whatever holiday happens to be coming up at the time. Right. So now I focus on more long-term relationships, but with working with brands, I totally, even to this day, I'll reach out to them. I know there's okay. some, blogs that they're like, I don't reach out anymore and that's fine, but I still reach out. If there's something I like, something I want, something I want to like include in my blog, I reach out all the time. Yeah. So, what never, a 
say like don't pigeonhole yourself to say like oh I'm at this amount like I'm not gonna reach out right we're all just people we're all human no one's better than anyone if you want to work someone definitely send them a pitch reach out to them and with reaching out that doesn't always mean you're going to get paid on those campaigns a Mm -hmm. lot of times it's not because obviously you're reaching out to them but you can um but it's obvious it's your foot in the door and it's starting a relationship with them. And I've had so many that I've worked with by reaching out. And then they circle back later with a paid campaign. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you have a media kit that you send? I'm sure. Yeah, I have a media kit. And I try to update it literally as I'm sending it out. I update oh. it all the time. So I'll just say like, oh, I need to send this to this person. And I just log back into Word, update it, save it as a PDF, and send it out. Nice. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> So for media kits, if if you're a blogger, then you can obviously find them on Creative Market. You can get a professional designer to design them. If you don't know what a media kit is, it's basically just your blogger stats. So how many followers you have, how many page views you have. That way it shows, okay, um, I'm, I'm a legit blogger. I have an audience I'm worth working with. And that's what a media kit is. Right. Yeah. So, okay, so you're saying you're pitching yourself. Do you just find their email and you just go and you pitch them your media kit? Like, how does that whole process work? That's the thing. That does take a little bit of digging. So you can find mm-hmm. the email. A lot of time it's a generic email. And so I'll email those. And a lot of times you don't hear anything back because who knows where it's going. Right. Everyone's emailing this one email. But there's also sometimes that you'll hear back from one specific email or one specific person and you just work with that. But, yeah, a lot of digging for emails. And Sometimes I'm sure you could ask friends or friends in the business. Hey, right. you have those contact, but I would never say like ask it openly. That's only to like close friends. I would share right. like certain contacts just because they don't want their contacts shared as well. Right. They'll be like bombarded and stuff like that. So a lot is searching into to this day. If I know a company, I'll just like search and search and it takes a second, but it's worth it. Right. That's awesome. So what brands have you worked with in the past? Um, I, like I said, I work with Pottery Burn Kids. Mm-hmm. That's more lifestyle, obviously, with my kids that I like to work right. with. Um, I like to work with Nordstrom. I work with them quite often. So that's fun. And I like to work with ASOS is good to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of, I've done like Johnson & Johnson for the kids, Avino for the kids. Um, there's so there's like just like random ones but stuff like that that I really like and I really enjoy and most of them work through an agency so that makes it easier too oh really okay so you're not actually working directly with the brand yeah not all the brands are always familiar with like this new influencer marketing so they obviously have agencies that are more familiar and play as the middleman so that makes it easier on both parties oh that's really awesome yeah so we enjoy that That's neat. So we talked about Instagram stories and how you're using that, but you not only use that swipe up feature, but you also show behind the scenes and your life. So how have you kind of incorporated that into your marketing strategy on Instagram? Well, with my Instagram, I try to keep it mostly professional. Mm -hmm. Like I try to link like four four pictures a day, but I also want people to know like this isn't my whole entire life. Like I have two kids and that's my priority. So if I am posting four pictures a day, they are like scheduled the night before a lot of times, not all the time, but scheduled. So with my Instagram stories, I like to show like, Hey, I'm real. Um, I have two kids. My house is a mess half the time. Like we have crazy days and stuff like that. And I think it helps people see like, Oh, she's relatable. Like 
yeah, right. she posts this content, but like she's real, she's a real person, she's relatable, like her life's not always perfect and glamorous. So I really want to portray that. I don't like the whole facade of like right. oh, always done up or this or that because it's just not true. And it's not true for anybody. Like right. I feel like I'm in the business, so I see a lot of it. Like mm-hmm. I definitely I don't get like smoke and mirrored, but it's so easy for people to get smoke and mirrored. So with Instagram stories, I definitely try to include a lot of my normal lifestyle. Like if we're running to Target, if we're running to Costco, if the kids have made like a crazy mess in the house, <laughs> that's what we do. Like it's normal. It's yeah. where I'm in my life right now. So, and I feel like it makes people think like, oh, I'm relatable. Yeah. Well, and I love that because like me, you know, the average girl, I look at you like this really popular fashion blogger. I'm like, she's gorgeous. I want to attain her life, you know? And then you see your Instagram stories and you're like, okay, she's just like me. She's, you know, it's, she would be like my friend in real life. It's not, you know, and that's the way I like that your Instagram stories make you feel because then you have this more, more of a connection with your audience instead of this distance that's just there yeah. with typical fashion. I feel like because you're a fashion blogger, you have those really high-end photo shoots that, you know, automatically portray a certain, I guess, feel. Yeah. And, you know, it's just easy to get caught up in the glamour of it and not realize, oh, this is an everyday like human being. You know, she's just like me. Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, there's obviously huge fashion bloggers that you watch and you're like, oh my gosh, their life must be amazing. And I'm sure they do have an amazing life, but it's just like you're and I. Right. They're still normal people. They still have crazy days or bad Mm -hmm. days. And that is the one thing that I feel like obviously gets a bad rep Mm -hmm. with blogging and fashion blogging in general. But I mean, it takes a person that's watching to know like, okay, that's not every day. Right, right. So I do try to portray that more in like Insta stories and stuff like that. And I think you do a fantastic job at it because you're, you're very relatable. You're so nice. (laughs) Okay. So I love how you're using Instagram stories and, and I absolutely love that. And I think everyone needs to start showing behind the scenes. I know for me, for instance, you know, I can get caught up in the, the smoke and mirror too, like with, with what I portray on Instagram and, oh, you know, my podcasting and everything, it's so perfect. But then Instagram stories, I'm like, look how messy my desk is. I have paper everywhere. Like my room is filled with dirty clothes because I have not had time to pick it up because I've been working on editing this episode. So it's like, you know, I try to show things like that. That way people can see, oh, okay, my desk is messy too. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And people like to relate that way. I don't, it's not, I hate to say it's like the misery loves company analogy, but it's more like, oh, that's you. That's me too. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. Right. Right. With blogging, I like to show like, Hey, I'm real, but you can also wear cute outfits still. Like Mm -hmm. if you're or as a mom and I don't wear cute outfits all day, every day, but just sometimes like it's okay. still, like a balance. Right. Right. And I love that because I know, well, I don't personally know as a mom, but I've heard that whenever you're a mom, like it's hard to feel like pretty because you're stuck in all these real life moments and the throw up and the poop, like all this this stuff and you just want to feel pretty. And so I love how, you know, your Instagram portrays like you and your outfits and you're so gorgeous and you think, oh, I love that outfit on her. Like I would love to see myself in that outfit and look good in the mirror, you know, and just... And I love that, you know, just feeling done up, it does a mom wonders. Your day, yeah. And it's funny, it's like when people say like, oh, I don't get ready for my husband or for my boyfriend or anyone else. Like, you get ready for yourself. Yeah. Like, I feel like when I'm ready for the day and just like done and wearing like a decent outfit, I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like, I have more energy. But then Mm -hmm. I also have 
those days where I work out in the morning and I stay in workout clothes all day and I'm fine with it. Like I have energy too, but there is something about like just getting ready. You just get going a little more. Yep. I I totally agree. So how do you stay organized with all your blog content? Because that's a lot of content to put out. So how do you organize all that? I feel like that's probably a bad question to ask me because <laughs> I'm so unorganized. You know that. I that's something I'm working on. I'm trying to stay organized. I have I'm just not very an organized person. I feel like I have all these ideas that I want to do and I'll like jot them down. And the problem with me is I write things down more so than put them in my phone or my computer. So then I lose the papers. Like but it's really just in my mind right now. Like I'll just say, Oh, I need to do this on this day. I need to do this on this day. Or um I just like right now I just try to keep up. Mm-hmm. But I do have an assistant and she's helping me like get more organized and That's just good. track more, yeah, with like a Google calendar and stuff mm-hmm. like and I obviously have things planned out or posts I know I need to post by certain times and stuff like that. But getting organized is something I'm working on. Yeah. Well, like real life, like you, you can't always be organized, right? Like for everything that's coming at you. But I do find when I'm a little more organized or I'll even have like two of my Instagram posts that I want to post for the next day ready to go. So if I can do that the night before, that's so much easier because otherwise it takes like 20, 30 minutes out of your day the next day. Mm-hmm. And even though that sounds crazy, I'm like, when you're running out the door, you don't always have 20 or 30 minutes to post on Instagram. No. Yeah, exactly. So Stuff like that, I try to keep organized. Or I'll try to do my blog posts mostly at night, like a couple nights out. So, and that helps because then if it's like Friday, I'm like, oh, that post's already done. Yeah. But. You, well, you're really good at, at batching and getting ahead of the game, I feel like, because, you know, I, I see the back end of your blog a lot because I'm managing your Pinterest. So I see that you have drafts and you schedule your post and, yeah. you know, you can just go to that schedule tab and you see, okay, all these blog posts that are scheduled. So. I feel like that's important, especially as a blogger, to not post in real time. I know so many bloggers that I'm like, well, what are you posting about today? And they're like, well, I'm creating it this afternoon, and I'll post it later. Like, no, don't create blog posts on the same day. Yeah. Do not do yeah. that. Yeah, it, it, I used to do that when I was starting out, and, and it's just draining. Like, it, yeah. you post, and you're like, I don't even care anymore. Yeah. I find for me, it's better like the night, a couple nights before, and then maybe the night before I'll go through and add a little bit more just to like make it extra. Right. Right. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I, I, a lot. So I've been excited that I get to work on your Pinterest, which has been so much fun, by the way. You have such a fun brand, so it's been awesome getting to work on your Pinterest. But And since we've started doing a few promoted pins, we have had a cost per click of $0.16, cents, which is unheard of in the ad strategist world. I feel like I'm in the digital marketing world all the time, and $0.16 cents is kind of the lowest you can get. So I've been okay. so excited. Like, I have you help me because I have no idea. I'm like... I- I need help. So that's great. Like, that's amazing. Well, it's so awesome. Yeah. Cause like on Facebook, let's say we advertised your brand on Facebook, maybe an average cost per click would be a dollar $52. Well, let's say it's $2. You get 10 people that clicked your ad. Well, that's $20. Well then on, on Pinterest, if it's 15 cents or like, let's say 20 cents, 20 cents. If you had 10 people click on that, that's a little over a dollar. So you, the same amount of people that clicked over on Pinterest versus Facebook, you just saved $18. And if you scale that up, like 
how awesome is that? So I loved getting to test out some of these strategies on your Pinterest and, and see that. So if you're a blogger, I would definitely suggest getting on Pinterest, utilizing it specifically, getting traffic to your blog that way, and promoting pins for even just $5. So yeah. and it's I'm all awesome. for promoting. Like some people are against it because they're like, oh, we don't want to have to pay to play. Like, but I'm like, right now, like you're a business. You need to treat mm -hmm. this as a business. Like marketing's a business. Like I'm all for promoting. I'll promote certain Instagram posts, which I'm sure you'll see once in a while. If I know that everything's in stock, mm -hmm. I'll always boost that post. So I'll promote that. And then the next day I'll see like the same sales from those items come through. And then right. the same with Pinterest. I know you like pin certain things or certain outfits and I'll see sales from that. And I'm like, I haven't posted that in like over a month, but like they come from Pinterest onto my blog and then it right. results in sales. So I'm all for like paying to promote your pins and promote your posts and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important because I know people are against the pay to play. I think it depends on the platform. Like sometimes I'm against Facebook on certain industries because the cost per click is so high. But on Pinterest, you know, the cost per click is higher in some industries. I think it just depends on your industry, but really get to know where the lowest cost for people's attention are and then go full force that way. Um, it's right. going to be a lot cheaper and you're going to get a lot more audience and, and growth there. Yeah. But um, for anyone interested in Brittany's Pinterest strategy as a blogger, um, this is what I'm doing specifically for her Pinterest. So, and this may be a little intimidating, but I'm actually pinning over 50 times a day on each of her, not each of her boards, but overall. And then as, as promoted pins, like we said, and we have a budget of like 75, $100 a month. So that's what that is. But you could even have like $5 for certain pins here and there and spend 15 a month if you'd like. We're also looping her content on a regular basis with board booster and we're doing repinning campaigns within board booster so on average i'm pinning about 60 times a day and i just started this new strategy a month ago and i've already seen a lot of growth so that's the new strategy i've been using for britney's pinterest it's been working so you can copy and paste that strategy onto your pinterest if you're a blogger and looking to really grow your traffic and monetize all the stuff on your blog that's amazing see you're amazing this is what i love when you help <laughs> it's it's definitely worth all the work because you just see the Pinterest grow and, and flourish and it's a lot it's a lot better that way and you get a lot of traffic from Google as well, right? Yeah, I do. Um I don't know why. I think I kinda have one of those names that not many other people have. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can easily just go search Brittany Maddox and it pops up. Mm -hmm. So I think that happens a lot. And then I also have an older audience sometimes, not older, but just like our parents' age. Right. And they'll just go to Google first to like right. look up some blog. So I've noticed that a lot on my analytics. Right. Yeah, and that's really important that you are looking at your analytics as a blogger. So you can easily add analytics to your website, uh, especially if you have WordPress, it's really easy. But what are some of the main things that you look at your analytics to, to kind of see where everyone's going? I look at my analytics to see um, the demographics. So when I am posting a or boosting a post on Instagram or something like that, it'll ask you an age range. So I'll go to my analytics and usually my age range is around like 22 to 36. Mm -hmm. So I'll narrow in on that. And I'll obviously narrow in on females because that's like what I, that's <laughs> right. my biggest. Yeah, I have like, I think it's like 88% females or something like that. So I look at that, but I also go because brands, when you do work with brands, they want to know your page views, your mm -hmm. users, mm -hmm. um, your clicks and stuff like that. So you're going to be using those constantly. 
And I use those also to see like how I'm doing. Like I'll post a blog post if I post like, hey, these are the three workout things I do every day that have really helped me. That post will spike. Like people want to know like what are three small things I could do that would help me. Mm -hmm. But if I post like, oh, these are my five favorite denims for the season, that post will spike too. So it's certain things, but it's also posts that have a certain number. So like I said, like three favorite things mm -hmm. that I do for work five jeans. So I like to see which ones spike and not and which ones kind of just like our outfit posts and they level out and it's more of a place for people to go to see where I got those jeans. Right. Right. So I like to just see mainly like what spikes people's interests. Yeah. That's really awesome that that you're doing that. And I think that's really important. I I've looked at my analytics and I've been surprised at what spikes people's interest first what what doesn't. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, I'll do something like that again. Yeah. Yeah. So I I have one more question about growing an audience. I feel like as bloggers, we start from ground zero. So, and you're now this, I, this bigger brand in the industry. How did you go from zero to where you're at now? Like, how did you grow your audience and get the following that you have now? Oh, you're so nice. I feel like I've been doing it for a while. I've been doing it for like four years. But um, also, I just try to stay consistent, mm -hmm. and that helps growth. I try to be relatable, and I feel like that helps growth. Mm -hmm. And I also try to, um, like, network with people. So mm -hmm. I'll try to come back, or I try to answer all my DMs and stuff like that, and I notice that that helps growth. And mostly, you're just going to – I mean, it sounds sad because it's like a slow and steady wins the race, especially uh -huh. right now, the market being saturated – but if you just just stay consistent and keep going and network with people and working with brands is a great way to get your name out there, have relatable content, people mm -hmm. are going to want to follow you. They're going to want to see like, oh, what did she wear to the airport? Like what would be a good airport outfit that I could wear? Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that that people will reference you. Like I still to this day reference people like, oh, they just went this place. Like what did she wear? Okay, I'll wear something like that. That was a cute outfit. Right. So – I don't know. I just, just be a point of contact. That's a little bit different, but relatable enough and growing. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's hard. It's hard for me right now. It's hard for a lot of people right now. A lot of people are in the same boat. So it's just one of those things you kind of have to set yourself apart, but I still feel like be relatable. Yeah. I love that advice. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, where can people oh. find you online? I am at BrittanyMaddox.com. And you can find her at Brittany Maddox on Instagram, and she spells it B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-M-A-D-D-U-X. So go find her on Instagram as well. Thanks so much for coming on. I really enjoyed talking to you. 